0: Hey guys, this is Hard Time Strong Men with Nomad Fieldcraft. We're here to tramp a better class of man and to make assets, not liabilities. Today, we're having a little bit of a ruck rant. We're going to talk about uh, from the ground up, you're hanging someone, a brand new person, a rucksack, how they're going to set up, different modifications they can do, and how to actually operate out of it. So, Nomad, thanks for coming on, man. Excited to have you here.
1: Yeah, thanks, dude. I'm really glad uh, we we're able to make this work again in such a short time frame. I'm super pumped. I love rocks.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, well, it's whatever you do, if you operate in any capacity, you're going to have to bring equipment with you. So it makes sense to you know, have some experience under your belt, figure out uh, how to help dudes that don't know what's going on and uh, just you know, kind of get past that initial hump on to better, better things. So... Uh, the way I kind of set this up is, uh, like I said, starting from the ground up, uh, actually selecting, uh, choose your yep. rucksack if you're, you know, obviously not issued one, um, different modifications that we've seen and done to our, to our if rucksacks, our equipment to, uh, help us use them better. And then just actual systems approach and operation. And then, uh, you know, ongoing maintenance of your, of your rucksack. We always say skills over gear and, that's entirely true. That's always been true, um, but there comes a point to where you have equipment that cannot be serviced, uh, equipment that is kind of dead from you know from the start. So, what would you say to guys who are looking to uh, select their first rucksack, whether it be new or used? Uh, what's your guidance for for those guys?
1: I think the very first thing people need to think about is um, like mission dictates gear. What's the application? Before we even talk about new or used, because obviously budget is a big thing for a lot of people, and um, this isn't a gatekeeping point, but if you're in the military or a professional capacity that you're going to use it professionally, then it makes sense to spend the money versus someone who just has the prepared mindset, because like we said, there's such a wide array of things you're trying to focus on, and if you have a budget and a family, maybe pouring, you know, a mortgage payment into your very first piece of kit is not the smartest decision. So right. I think the application is the very first thing. Like, okay, what are you using it for? In what context?
0: Awesome. And, you know, that answers the the size question as well. Because, you know, you, yeah. you know, as well as I do that new guys, if you, you know, give them a large, like a Alpine, like a you know, cross country rucksack, they're going to try to stuff it full of brim and you know, they actually get out yeah. and use it. They'll never be able to get anything out of it at night or, yeah. you know, <laughs> during a movement, anything. I just think the application, I guess, was like the first one. Yeah. Like, what are you using it for? So what would you say for guys that are, you know, looking for more like hunting or for uh, just travel? Or I guess what what would be some attributes that you would say just across the board that guys can look for in their, in their rucksack that... Uh, you would recommend
1: um without getting into well obviously we will talk about it it's inevitable we'll we'll talk about brands but um honestly it's the construction so again looking at like the new versus used if it's if it's made in china from wish.com probably don't buy it but you can get a used you know medium alice like we say and everyone's like oh these guys are like you know shrilling for medium alice i'm like no but they're pretty cheap and like I have a medium Alice that I bought that was probably never used in service. It looks brand new. Yeah. And they're super cheap. So I would say like the quality right away, regardless if it's new or used in um, the construction. And again, like without getting too nerdy in the textile sense, because anyone who's getting into this may not be aware of the difference between like the different levels of Cordura. Because everyone's like, oh, Cordura's Cordura is a whatever whatever textile material that's kind of a blend of other materials. Um, And everyone's like, oh, it's military grade or military spec. And there's 500D Cordura, 1000D. So that's just the weight of the denier nylon. That's what that means. That's how much it actually weighs. So again, based on your application, um, I wouldn't suggest the lightest rucksack if we're talking the overall prepared mindset, because from... The other spectrum, the, like through hikers or the really minimalist guys, they're going to get a bag that's super lightweight, but like, man, you drop it on like branches and there's a hole in it now.
0: Yeah. that's what I was going to say too. So regardless, new or used, regardless what brand, what Cordura, um, yeah, how flashy or not as how many, you know, Molly, what, how much Molly webbing has on it. It doesn't matter. What matters is, you know, if you're able to use it, right. Yeah. So. Uh, needs to be serviced so checking all of your major failure points, the buckles, the straps, mm-hmm. where everything connects, especially with you know when you're talking about internal versus external frame. So, seeing yeah. those stressor points, like on the Alice, you have where uh, where the top of the frame sits in, and I've seen a lot of wear in that area before, especially like the hip belt. Um, so just make sure that whatever you're choosing, like you said, whatever roll, whatever. Uh, job you want the rucksack to help you do it needs to be able to accomplish that so uh for dudes that are like looking for like you said through hiking what am i trying to say brother so more of like a soldiering task right yeah so you know if you're going to be busting through brush you not gonna want a ruck that has a lot of stuff that can that's gonna get get caught on uh brush i know that when you were talking about donning or doffing uh talking about breaking every you know stick in your op um you see what I'm trying to say though? Like yeah. it's yeah, no, um it's hard to no, it's hard to articulate the, that, but
1: it's hard to articulate. No, and that's why I think, man, the application is the big thing. It's like before anyone because like I get a lot of questions about gear, even though I constantly say skills over gear, like we've been harping that. But anyone who looks at my Instagram or has heard me speak, they're like, This guy clearly likes gear, even though he's pushing to get away from gear being the solution. But um, yeah, whenever anyone asks, I'm like, okay, well, what's the actual intent of an application? Because like you said, if you're the through hiker, yes you want you want a thinner bag you want it to be um like as lightweight as possible with like the least amount of excess straps and again not to get caught up in the bush you're just trying to cut weight so i understand that right but if you're doing this prepared mindset like we keep saying on your show to be you know the hard the hard man um in you know the shit hit the fan scenario I don't suggest you buy ten bags. You're probably gonna to want to buy one bag, so mm-hmm. you're gonna get the better bag in quality, not even cost. Again, it's is it more robust? Is the Cordura better? Um, are the straps maintained? If you're if you're buying used, if you're buying new, okay, is there like does this bag have a huge track record of certain like fall points in the I don't know the, the harness system or the waist belt or where the load lifters are like what like all these little things right so. Like I said, a lot of it can be answered to the individual on what's the application. And it's not my opinion or your opinion or our experience. I'm like, well, what are you using it for? That's the very first question. But people always, when they go to buy a bag, they're like, I need it for this size. I'm like, well, what? Like, what's the actual application? Are you just saying a size because a guy at a store told you that? Yeah. So I think I think that's the very first thing is what's the application for the bag?
0: Right. I think what... I did, you know, fumbling over all of the different possibilities is exactly what guys do yeah. in the moment when they're trying to buy a Ruck, right? So yeah. it doesn't matter the, you know, 10th degree of, you know, options that you have, will it fulfill the role that you need it to do? And something yes. that I mentioned in our last episode on Rucks is, uh, I like to have dudes do their layout. So lay out everything on your poncho yes. that you want to fit in it, regardless of what bag you brought in or bags you brought in, you know, lay out everything that mm-hmm. you need, everything mission essential, everything for sustainment, survival, everything that you're going to carry in that ruck. And then if the ruck will fit it with, yeah. you know, what do we say? Like, you know, 25% more room or how much extra yeah, space so like, would, would are you recommending?
1: For me personally, like two thirds is, it's very, drastic and like a lot of people can't fulfill that because they don't have the skills to go with less gear but I think if you had I'll just use a a volume as an example let's say you had a 50 liter bag that's the one you chose if you filled it to 40 so if you left the 10% capacity mm. and then same thing if you had a 100 liter bag but you only filled it to like you know 20% from the top and again these percentages will vary on the size of the bag but I feel like that's a good way to do it because like you said if you lay out your kit before you make the selection on the bag you're not going to buy a bag that's too small or on the other side like we said when you buy it too big you'll find reasons to carry more stuff it's just inevitable people want to fill the space
0: well exactly and you know the mission you know mission dictates kit and the mission is always there but the mission always changes right so something yes. that we talked about that we you know, may get into today is when you're you know, building these teams, building these squads, these organizations that are working together, uh, you're presented with a really great opportunity and a kind of a difficult challenge of how to uh, divvy out, you know, your team equipment, your squad equipment. Yeah. So, you know, you could have a guy that's totally squared away with his ruck, has it exactly how he needs it, but then you're like, oh, by the way, you're going to have to carry all of our building rich tools. Yeah. And then, you know, that kind of screws up his plan, right? So having that little bit of leeway to, to, um to fill that space if you need to but also not um not going overboard on that like you said
1: yeah and then f- for that specific application that we're talking about if you are you know in a, in the military or not you're just building your tribe you're building your team you, this is again where our skills over gear like you're gonna carry less personal gear because you have to carry team stuff right and that's something again people forget and in my experience in the big green military and i'm sure you guys saw it too they just fill that, or they think they fill, or they think that they correct that problem by saying, We'll give you a bigger bag. I'm like, But that doesn't solve it. You're just letting guys carry more stuff now.
0: Right. And right. when you have to, you know, meet the lowest common denominator, then you have situations where you're, you know, bringing entire winter systems in the you know, yeah. heat of August and it makes no sense. But because, you know, some lowly private screws something up down the line, you know, now it's an SOP, you know, yes. which I really. Um, you know, I was really interested to hear how you, you know, ran around in your unit with the smaller teams, with guys that were more experienced. So you, know, yeah. you could cut down on a lot of that, a lot of that nonsense. You know, you guys could get way more down to business, a lot more no nonsense. You know, that's really, yeah. that's really so, great.
1: So one example that I can think of immediately, I know we're like jumping all over the place, but for that specifically for the team environment is because we were in a four-man debt, we only brought two sleeping bags. Really? Not everyone brought a sleep system. And we hot, we, the term was hot bagging it. So you shared bags, but you slept in your clothing. So you're not all greasy in someone else's bag. But we did that because you're we're in a like a reconnaissance like role when you're doing OPs or LPs or you're actually going to like just, I don't know, survey the ground for a follow on force to do a raid or something. We're not all sleeping. We're probably at 50%. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> that's why the other two guys are on security or they're taking notes and the other two guys can sleep. So that's why we didn't bring four sleeping systems. We brought two
0: that made so so much sense i didn't even think about it so
1: then we can thin out <laughs> gear because we have to carry like you know surveillance equipment radios batteries machine gun ammo all that cool that everyone who was never in the army thinks is rad i'm like yeah but it sucks being a four-man team and whenever again we were all the same rank but as your junior on the team like what you guys talked about in one of your previous podcasts you were kind of just the lonely rifleman with an m203 because we didn't have the most the t- uh, you carried the most i'm like so now you're carrying the most gear but that machine gunner I'm like, yeah, I'm carrying the machine gun, like the light machine gun. And in Canada, it's the C9. It's your guys' uh, 249. It's the yeah. same thing. But um, I'm like, yeah, now I'm carrying belts and belts of ammo. So I'm probably not the guy carrying the sleep system. That rifleman is probably carrying the sleeping bag that we're going to share, as an example.
0: Yeah. Smart, though. I mean, help me. I remember yeah. being uh, aging, carrying 600 rounds of 7.62. I mean, it's no, it's no joke.
1: No. <laughs> no, especially in that small unit like organization where the four of you, even though you are supporting, you know, a follow on force, you may be there for three or four days, not support, like mm-hmm. being supported. Right. So we, we would usually carry whatever the frontline ammo was. We would carry one and a half times. Wow. Yeah. Because there's four of us. So, yeah. And then again, plus, you know, radio batteries, surveillance equipment, um, you know, all that extra sh- like defensive equipments too. And not even like defensive tools, but like, you know, a couple of claymores because there's four of us. Wow. Probably bringing two claymores.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said, having to be able to act independently, you know, from the yes. from the main force—that's huge.
1: Yeah, and then again, by eliminating your "quote-unquote" nivel gear or your nice to have, or people are like, "Well, you'll die without it." I'm like, "Well, no, there's four of us, and two of us are sleeping, and guess what? If like a storm comes in and we are legitimately gonna die, we're gonna like go into survival mode at this point." Yeah. And because the four of us have skills, then it doesn't really matter at that point, right? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. So back to the, back to the rucks. So, um, what are some modifications that you've, that you've done to your kid over time or things that worked for you that, um, you know, that you think people could pass on and, and have good benefit from.
1: So anytime I get a bag, um, again, cause I am like a big bag lady and I have a bunch of rucks, I'll like cut all the excess straps off, like anything extra yes. and not even, so I'm not talking the side retention straps, because again, if you had to, if you had to strap team equipment defensive equipment whatever but i mean the excess tail on the strap i'll cut it to what i think is an acceptable length yeah instead of me having it totally coiled up perfectly for like a garrison inspection i'm like i don't need that i'm gonna cut it
0: right so i'm trying to tape it or chuck or whatever exactly i'm
1: like no i'm just gonna i'm gonna cut it off um i've done this even on my issued rock and they didn't really like it when i turned it back in but i did it i cut off molly that i didn't
0: need Yes, I was gonna say that is I heavy. It. Once it gets it's heavy certain...
1: and it snags on stuff. Yeah, and people don't like that. They're like, "Well, now his m- ruck isn't matching Molly." I'm like, "Well, I don't need it. Mm-hmm. I'm cutting it."
0: Well, and that's the thing. If you're not using it, yeah, why, why I have it? it. Well, it's like having all yes. that you know extra foot foot and half of you know webbing just in case you need to be able to extend your strap that far. It makes absolutely no sense. So yeah, get rid so yeah, away, right?
1: I would, I would cut that stuff off. Um. I reviewed any, like, I don't want to say weak points, but, like, points that are most likely to get damaged. So, like, again, we'll use the alice as the example. You said that sleeve where the frame fits into? Here, because I have an alice right here. So, yeah, where that sleeve fits in on, the, on like, the two corners there on a used bag or the frame will rub, right, right, on that part of the bag. Right. So, mm-hmm. I'll, like, inspect that first, and I may, like, burn it if I have to, or, you know, I'll even cover it in shugu where the threads are exposed or whatever I have to do before I even use the bag. I'm trying to find the weak points and I'm going to reinforce it as best I can.
0: Yeah, not specifically Rux, but any any kind of issue equipment that I had that had you know that was metal that would be rubbing on something that yeah I didn't absolutely need to you know leave alone. I would actually take sports wrap like coban, like yes. you know, the stretchy yeah. tape. I would yeah. it was black so it didn't reflect it you know wasn't Smart. anything off the norm. But I would just wrap it and that one if it was you know rubbing against fabric it would stop it from rubbing you know, that friction mm-hmm. would keep it there. And also it would cut down on wear and tear. Yeah. But I think my then, favorite, and, go for it.
1: And then yeah, it's probably, it's probably getting rid of the noise as well. Cause you're not having metal on yes. whatever. Yes, yeah. exactly. Also smart.
0: That's another thing is, you know, taking like old socks on, you know, metal on metal where you get that clanking. So yeah. And like, barrier. yeah. And,
1: yeah. And then put in a sock over like a water bottle as an example. Cause like I made a post about that. I'm like, we did that. Like we just, I put my, even, even before I could carry an algae and it was cool and like you had to use the issued canteen with a cup. I just yeah. put it over a sock. So it doesn't make any noise.
0: I was going to say that's what I did with my canteen cup. Cause I would always keep my knots in my canteen cup to, to project them. I'd yeah, just did yeah. that day one. Yeah. I think something that my favorite thing I did when I was in was I would take the, um, you know, whatever store brand. Like I used Kiwi, the uh, waterproofing spray. Yeah, and I'd spray over everything. That'd be like everything. Yeah, yeah, everything. And it wasn't perfect, but it would definitely help to beat off any you know excess moisture of it rained or whatever. If you if I wasn't able to use a pack cover, then you know it's better than one getting all your stuff wet that's inside. But also too, all that webbing, all that fabric gets so so waterlogged, so, so heavy, so heavy. Yeah, yeah, and that's
1: exactly why. Like I said, I'd cut excess straps. I'd cut the webbing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I didn't cut it, I would tape it to whatever length is like the most applicable, right? So again, um, sometimes, well, most of the time we would rock without armor and like we carried armor in and we'd put it on if we had to, and we just rocked like, you know, field shirt or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I would adjust the rock to match my body without armor, right? Or again, if you have to wear armor, then adjust your rock to match your body with armor. So you're not constantly, when you're donning and doffing, you're like, I need to adjust it constantly. Right. So...
0: Awesome, so uh, in and out of the military, do you ever use your ruck in conjunction with other equipment? I know that we talked about um, when you were with Static. You know, on this last hunt, you used his uh, his kit bag, right? He'll let you wore yeah. that.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, from I guess almost like an approach for the rucking thing. Um, again because everyone anyone listening to this like they're pretty familiar with like the whole gear thing and like the first line second line third line right did you right. guys use that terminology in the U.S. Army as well we did Similar? yeah no one ever okay, gives yeah. class
0: on it, of course but yeah we used it
1: oh okay you guys used it like like kind of synonymously like so third line was implied as your ruck right like, that's your sustainment stuff yeah. yeah so um yeah I just find that like again me personally I don't want to carry a 90 pound ruck i'd probably rather have a 55 pound ruck but then carry like spread around my body if that makes sense you yeah know i mean including everything so yeah. like first line second line whereas again it's a different approach some people are like i'll put everything on my ruck. i'm like it's it's really uncomfortable you get tired your weight kind of gets shifted right. uh, or in a tactical sense you're trying to oh i need this item i gotta take my ruck off but if you have again like the hill people gear kit bag or um, I'm using an old bino harness. Well, it's not old. I just I use I repurposed it, but I'm using a bino harness for the same like line one. I put kind of yeah. the survival stuff in there, or you know, if you're out uh, on longer patrols or movements, I'll literally have like snacks like lickies and chewies in there, so I can get to it while I'm walking, kind of thing.
0: Awesome, yeah. I got a kit bag and I love that thing. Especially which be- one do you have? Do you know wait, which the, size? Yeah, I have. I think it's like the original. It's the it's the largest one. Okay. Like nice. the original V two, something like that. But nice, yeah. I love that thing. I've not even probably filled it halfway, and it's you know it has everything I need in it already. I mean, so I carry my Glock 17 in there, so a full size handgun. Yeah. Spare magazine. I have my little fire kit. I have all my land nav stuff. So maps, notebook, protractor, compass. I have a Garmin Fortrex in there. I've got my gloves. I've multi tool. Uh, yeah you know, all my pens, my ferro rod, everything. Cause I use that more as, you know, like, so the line, so my first line. So, um, whether I'm, anytime I'm outdoors, I have it. So if I'm hiking, uh, hunting, you know, doing moving, like, you know, actually doing, you know, cool guy stuff. Um, it never leaves my body. So whether I have an assault pack or a ruck, it's always on. So, um, the only time I ever take it off is to, you know, if I'm going to be in one spot for a extended period of time or if I'm sleeping and it's my pillow. So
1: yeah, it's always there as
0: everything that I always need. And, you know, just the, I love its design with, um, you know, the guys that help people gear. They actually go out and they use their stuff. So they're outdoorsmen, they know what Mm -hmm. they're doing and they've designed it to where it sits in between the shoulder straps on whatever you have. So it doesn't matter what bag you use, you can always use the kit bag. So I've, I've really appreciated that. It's been honestly my favorite piece of kit so far.
1: Yeah, and I definitely think it's under it's underappreciated or underused to supplement the rucksack because, again, I I understand the purpose of the first line and there's going to be people who disagree and they're like, well, the first line should be on your body. But if you are layering at all, and again, not, not to harp on the winter thing because mm-hmm. I get there's people who don't live in a winter environment, right. but even if you're not in a winter environment and you have it in your pockets, on your body, when you need to change because your clothing got trashed or you fell in the water or whatever the scenario is, now you're trying to cross-load crap within your first line which again I've done before I'm sure you've done tons of people have done it before but to have it in a very small mini quote-unquote chest rig system whatever brand you use Mm -hmm. is super intelligent because like you said you can just constantly take it on take it off and even with static and I I literally wore it all day like the whole time I I only took it off to sleep that was it I had it on me the entire day didn't matter if I layered up layered down I would just put a jacket over it and zip it up partially instead of taking it off like I just kept it against my body yeah no that's great It was super intelligent. And then again, to have things in a nice, neat spot to supplement your ruck, I think, or your three lines, arguably not even just a rucksack, I think makes sense. Because like I said, and anyone who's rucked, not even professionally, even if you like hike and you're like, you hike with your family or whatever. I don't like in my pant leg pocket while I walk, it either rubs or chafes, or I'm going to lose it. Even if it's tied off, I hate it against my leg. I don't like that.
0: I've never been able to do a solo cargo pockets. I've never been able to use them ever. Because it just yeah. chafes the outside of my leg. It chafes. And yeah, yeah, it's horrible. So
1: yeah, and the only thing I've ever put in cargo pockets, even now on some of um on some of the hiking pants I do wear now that I'm not in uniform, I'll put my gloves. So contrary to you with the hill people gear uh, hill people gear kit bag where you said you have your gloves because I talked about it in our layering episode on our show. Um, I put right glove, right cargo pocket, left glove, left cargo pocket. So even if I'm super messed up and exhausted, I know my right gloves, in my right pocket, left gloves and left pocket. And gloves are a thing that I've never chafed when I've walked. But I mean like a ferro rod does a map again in the military, terrible in a cargo pocket. I hated having a map in my pocket with like your compass, your protractor, all that. Shit. And I've even seen guys rip a cargo pocket on a long infill and they lost their entire nav package because in the right pant leg pocket. So I think the Hell People Gear kit bag or something like that is a good, it's a good supplement to make your rucksack a lot better of a system.
0: Yeah, for sure. And for dudes that use belt kit. Yeah. You know, so I've got my, so I've got the kit bag and then I also have a Nixie Warriors life fire rig, which is kind of a mix of, you know, having a larger butt pack, but also having, you know, all that molly webbing on the side where you can have all your fighting load and everything else. But I use those in conjunction together. And if I, yeah. you know, I'm going to have a longer, uh, longer outing, I have, you know, I supplement that with a salt pack or a ruck and, you know, off you go, you have everything you need all the time. And like I said, you yeah. know, even if I'm going to, you know, doff the, you know, doff my, uh, belt kit, the kit bag always stays on. So yeah, it's, it's worked really great using that systems, uh, approach. I've been very pleased with that. And, uh, you know, my counterpart six, he was always very, you know, he originally was um skeptical but then he was amazed by he was sold immediately oh yeah yeah. i mean well functionally so not per item count but functionally i carried the same amount of equipment that he did in his ruck you know which is a huge mystery ranch you know bag that he filled to the brim and functionally i carried the same amount of stuff that he did just in that belt kit and my kit bag so yeah a lot of it has to do with it spread out yeah, yeah well a lot of it is you know, trying to make your equipment go farther than, uh, it is at face value. So anything that I have in my, in my kit, I want to serve two or three purposes. If I can't do that, then I want to be small and, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to, trying to take that mentality, which is a lot of different from when I was in, uh, has really changed just how I, how I look at kit and how I look at, um, uh, you know, just looking at packing list, uh, you know, at face value, uh, what I can do and how far I can, how far I can push it.
1: Yeah, and like I just think the whole load everything you own into your ruck and just not carry anything else on you is like again, it's from a physiological standpoint, it's terrible to carry that much weight. It doesn't matter if you're like I can do a hundred pounds. I'm like everyone can who's done it. It's just not good long term. Oh yeah. And then and, uh, like you know, from a realistic tactical scenario, what if you lose your ruck? You have nothing on you now. Right. But like we said, if you have that uh you know, help people get your kit bag or, un, or an equivalent of it on your body. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I don't need to rifle through my rucksack at one in the morning to find my fire bag. Cause it's in that
0: chest rig. Right. Well, I appreciate what you said. How, you know, about your gloves doesn't matter how screwed up you are. It doesn't matter how, you know, I know what where they, are. Are they yeah. you know where they are yeah. <laughs> because you, you carve that out. Like, yeah. That is your like right glove,
1: right pocket, left glove, left pocket. And I do the same thing for my winter layers with, with my coat. Yeah. I have bigger mitts. I've got big outdoor research, like huge, like they look like snowmobile gloves, but they're not they I don't know the, the model, but they're big outdoor research right. ones. And I have them in right glove, right pocket, left glove, left pocket. So it's, it's just like the SOP for me, every piece of garment. I'm like, can I have gloves in each pocket? Yeah.
0: I mean, and you carve that out through experience, you know, you, yeah, you instead actually it it and doing, doing stuff, in a kit bag. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you getting out and doing stuff, you know, that carved out and it works for you and you'll never forget yeah, it. Never
1: forget. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. All right. And then. Let's talk about operations. So actually, you know, working out of living out of your, living out of your ruck. So something that I didn't really touch on in our last episode was actually packing your ruck. Yeah. So what's your wisdom there?
1: So, um, obviously you want your heaviest items against, um, like against your back. So I guess we kind of skipped it, but like internal frame or external, regardless of what ruck right. you're choosing, mm-hmm. you kind of want the weight, the heaviest you can get against your actual body um, and again i'll use i'll use any military rucksack as a kind of a baseline because anyone knows like again doesn't matter the country doesn't matter the origin a military style rucksack usually they have an internal quote-unquote radio pouch so picture like that that's where people would want to put the heaviest items but again people Or like, well, put my camelback there because it's the safest. I'm like, ah, like I would put your heaviest items there and your camelback or your bladder is probably going to explode. Like, you know I mean? Like I've used the bladder too. I I still see the need for it sometimes, but I'm not going to put that there. So that's essentially where you want to put the heaviest stuff. And then your least likely things to use, i.e. your sleep system, is probably going to go at the bottom. we are not going to use that at the top because you're not going to rack out right away. Even in a not military, not tactical context, you're going hiking with your family for, you know, three, four days you're sleeping at night. So that could probably go on the bottom. Um, and then, yeah, there, there's a, not an argument, but people are very obsessed with, you put your most used items up top and I don't disagree with that, but I would agree. I would argue more that again, your heavier items make more sense to have it higher in your rucksack up top of your shoulder blades or between your shoulder blades. Sorry. Um, and I'm thinking food. Cause I've seen so many people, man, pack food at the bottom. Cause they're like, well, I'm going to eat later. I'm like, but now you have all that weight hanging off your back. It's too far off against your body.
0: Well, then whenever you have limited time to eat, you have to go all the way. The you got to go around. through your whole bag. Exactly. So
1: I actually put my food in last and my water at the very top. Yeah. I, that's the last thing I do. And then I kind of just pack everything around that. But um, I know we were talking about, uh, again, I'm not remembering all, all the terms because there's so many gear things. But like those dry bags, those roll bags or compression sacks, whatever yeah, yeah. you want to call them. Right. Um. I used to compress my sleeping bag in the compression sack. I did. I did for a long time in the military. And then someone wiser than me at some point said, like, you have this wasted space in your ruck in the bottom where your sleeping bag is, where you can't fit another compression bag because they're like weird, you know, cylindrical shapes and your rucks arguably a rectangle. So it's not fitting. You have like voided space. So I kind of got away from those. (coughs) Excuse me. Completely. Um... Again, other than I put my food in a separate bag. That's just how I do it. So I can grab all the food out and kind of eat from there. But, um, yeah, I do the contractor bag thing we had talked about. So I I just take the biggest, the biggest, most heaviest duty, uh, garbage bag. They just call them contractor bags, but it's a black garbage bag. And I throw it in my rucksack and then even if the ruck has a split design. So again, all the military bags are a or an Alpine European tall rucksack internal framed, um, I, I like eliminate the divider. I'll unzip it or open it so I can just put my sleeping stuff and then pack all my shit on top. Right. I don't want it to be like these guys are like, well, I can unzip it and get my sleeping bag out. I'm like, but now you can't repack it the way you did in your apartment or your house before you got to the field. Right. So I just shove everything in the bottom. I use a contractor bag. And then, like I said, I put all my heavier items at the top. You kind of want it right against your back um Yeah, and then just to repeat the end, I keep water and food accessible at the very top, and the Camelback thing at the top makes sense, not just because it's less likely to explode, but I can fill it now and not empty my bag. Yeah, smart. Because again, people who put it in that radio pouch, which we've seen everyone does it in the army, mm. I'm like, well, now you got to empty out all your to get your bladder. All right, and and what we did it was just RSOP for guys that did do bladders because your buddy could refill it or get to your water. We carried it underneath our ruck lid strapped down.
0: Oh, I've and seen it that was before. Out. Yeah. It was
1: on top. That's how we all carried it. If we had a bladder. Yeah. So I could see it from you and I could refill it if I had to, or I could grab it or whatever.
0: Yeah. I've seen that done That's before. That's just for how sure. we did it.
1: Yeah. And then as well to have it outside of the bag, if it does explode, even though my ruck is waterproofed, it's not trashing my food or anything or mission essential gear. It's totally outside my bag. And, no, you just have water on the outside of your rock
0: yeah i was gonna say with guys putting it in that radio pouch it's not even that you know it's on the top of your ruck and just drained down it is the full thickness the full thing.
1: yeah everything you own is soaked and I, dude i would love seeing guys they'd put it in their contractor bag or their waterproof bag i'm like dude that should literally be completely separate i don't know who's telling you this but i'm like what you're doing is wrong
0: <laughs> well i made this i made the mistake of putting uh like soil clothes like Going okay. through water crossing yeah. in a contractor yeah. bag and then you know i never used them again for that field problem but then i got back to yeah you know, i got back to my barracks room while i was emptying everything out i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> i didn't i didn't think that far ahead I Didn't think of it yeah yeah no
1: exactly right and these and these are just little things that like you know like like we keep harping on it's experience based mm-hmm. and like you know by us sharing this information it's not like we're not trying to dictate like do this or you know you're retarded or do this you're gonna die i'm like well no we're doing this because like i've done it wrong for years and i did it right for years so yeah. maybe this might work for you and the, the like the camelback or water bladder thing is a big one where it really bothers me when i see people put it inside their rock like it actually like makes me anxious to think that like they're gonna get all their shit wet.
0: well it's such a it's such a weak point when you think about yeah, it and so, like, you know the pros versus cons it doesn't make any sense to to do no,
1: that but again, people are thinking it from like, oh, I'm filling a space and it's the shape of the radio pouch. I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't make any sense, man. Yeah. Like where you're putting it because it's going to explode. And again, um, um, I wasn't mechanized, but like, um, I have been in a vehicle before in the military and they just throw your rucks and nobody gives a shit. So I'm like, now your camelback is exploding. Whereas if mine's up the top strap, if it does explode, it's not in my bag.
0: Yeah. I was gonna say, I don't Every really time they throw care. off, it's like 10 feet off the ground too. So. Yeah, exactly. so I'm
1: like, I, yeah, like I don't really care at that point. And then again, for the context of not in the military, you're just packing your normal bag now for your prepared mindset. Um, Having that weight high up with the bladder makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's like on my, it's, I, it's it's actually above my shoulders, right? Because yeah. of where the lid is. Yeah. Right.
0: Well, so it and makes that's, sense to you know, that. that's just biomechanics, man. I mean, that's just yeah. how your body is designed to bear weight. You know, yeah. with your center of gravity and everything else. So yeah. it's, you know, just seeing guys like pack all their heavy shit on the bottom or, you know, far away from their body. Just the, the torque on your back is just, it, it's horrible. <laughs> or like to see the weight shift in their ruck
1: because their ruck is not tied. Well, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like you'll be out with some people and like, they thought they had X item up top and then they open the ruck and it's like literally by their sleeping bag. I'm like, cause you didn't pack it properly. Yeah. So now it's shifted or, or you're that guy you're walking and it's shifting. Like that's terrible. Oh yeah. Terrible feeling. Yeah. Watch, watching it move around. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, like really locking down how to pack your ruck. And, um, honestly, the contractor bag is an easy thing It waterproofs all your shit. And, um, it's hard to explain, like not visually, but yeah, to close it off, we just like we would tie it really tight and we called it gooseneck in it because mm-hmm. it made it really tight. It looks like a gooseneck. It's super skinny. Yeah. And then you just bend it at 90 degrees left or right. Yeah. Just lift it you, over right. And then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just lift it over itself. So it's got a bite. It mm-hmm. essentially has a bite. And then you take your retainer slash ranger bands, depending on what your unit calls them, <laughs> and you just retain or ranger band the top. Yeah. And then it's waterproof. That's yeah. it.
0: Awesome. I think the only thing that I, um, you know, yeah, that I really hear the- on that is the uh what I call compartmentalizing. So um yeah using either those stuff sacks or I used most of the time uh, just like the gallon freezer ziploc bags. Yeah. And I didn't I I see the pros and cons there with having everything be compartmentalized. That doesn't make any sense. But my yeah. little stuff, so if I had extra batteries, you know, like undergarments, things of that nature where yes. I wanted to be able to you know, to be able to pick out a bag day by day or like food, you know, like food rations. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like doing that. And if, you know, my ruck got wet on the inside that I wouldn't have to, wouldn't have to worry about those things. But, um, something I was going to say when you know, you're know you talking about, you know, packing your ruck properly, stitching everything down. What that also does besides, you know, not letting the weight shift around is it silences your ruck, you 100%. Know, which is, which yeah. is huge.
1: Yeah. And then it's also preventing again, like stuff from dangling. And then you get caught again in the, in the bush, right? Like you're walking or it'll rip or like it snags or like you, you, like I hated seeing that man. Like guys, um, guys, like horizontal stabilizer strap, I think is the actual term. Like on the side of the rock that you're just strapping down. yeah They wouldn't have it clipped and I'm walking at night and it like hits me in the face from yeah. this guy's rock in front of me. I'm like, yeah, cause he's an idiot doesn't have his rock tied down. Yeah, This is like very simple things that again, like even, even the most non-tactical granola eating through hiker has a properly cinched down rucksack because they understand body mechanics and they understand how to conduct movement.
0: Well, and the thing that I hate when people, you know, hate on like through hikers or airsofters or professional hunters, you know, guys that, you know, aren't in, you know, in quote unquote the community. Right. But you're talking about experts. Yes. Experts in their craft. So I'd much rather talk to a through hiker about, rucking about rucksacks than, yeah. you know, some, you know, software seal do that. I found off the street cause you know, they're crawling out of every crevice, but <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just, it's, you know, find, you know, your subject matter experts, find the guys that know what they're doing and, and emulate that, you know?
1: Yeah. And it, and it's funny cause like rocks, rucks specifically, like we keep saying for like, you know, not to go full circle just to beat on field craft, but like rucks are applied to every industry. And again, it doesn't have to be a rucksack. It could be a, like a quote unquote day bag. Yeah. Like, like you're bringing your bag for the day with your family and your kids. And instead of you having a stupid dad diaper bag that's slinged across your body, you have a day bag with, yeah, you probably have diapers in there and like food and snacks and stuff for your family, but it's how you packed it, right? Yeah. It's still like, you can still apply these principles to whatever application you're using. And I feel like, rucksacks is a good like conversation for anyone because everyone knows what it's like to carry a bag. Like men, like people have been doing it since they were little kids going to school. You carry a backpack.
0: Yeah. Well, and you know, we're talking about, <laughs> you know, way back hard times, you know, uh, trapsmen.
1: Yeah, exactly. Right?
0: Guys who were living out of that for, you know, talking about extended periods of time. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Extended periods. Yeah, yeah. And those
1: guys had like super like generic basket weaved bags. They yeah. did
0: it. But, skills over gear they knew what they were doing and they made exactly
1: it work. All Yeah, exactly things. whereas now like we said this whole um the whole the whole rucksack game like and again obviously you and i are passionate about bags and we like bags but man you could google like military rucksack and there's probably 200 brands you know what i mean yeah. everyone's making a bag now mm-hmm. so like where do you go where do you start but like i said it's if you can just kind of follow these, you know, end user quote unquote operations on how to pack a ruck, how to don a ruck, how to doff a ruck, um, what, you, what it's being applied for, like it doesn't really matter on the brand of bag at the end of the day. Yeah, there are more comfortable bags, 100% there are. Yeah, there's lighter bags, there's more robust bags, like art, of course, there's gonna be, but I think if you can apply these principles to any bag, it doesn't really matter if I have a $40 you know, surplus bag versus the latest and greatest from, you know, whatever brand that's $2,000. I'm like, well, I know how to apply these skills.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, So talk about dying and doffing. So I know yes, I'm wrong. I, do you want to, <laughs> do you want to talk about why yeah. I'm wrong?
1: No, I was going to say, do you, first off we'll, we'll make it more interesting. Do you want to explain how you put on a rucksack?
0: <laughs> how I put on a rucksack? So because you do I, it the
1: same way 90% of people do it. And I know I'm wrong. And it's how I learned.
0: And that's not an excuse. But what I do is I take my injury waiting to happen and I put it on the ground. <laughs> I step behind it. My I, injury I, waiting I, to happen. I, I reach over my huge backpack. I grab the frame. And then I violently hoist it over my body. I fit my arms through the straps and then I let fall perfect really hard that's the best and then i clip in (laughs) on your on your her body yeah (laughs) i mean it's a great plan every time so why
1: do you think people do that just because again the military context because someone was screaming at you to put it on
0: but is that why and that's my thing so that's not like no where did this come from outside of the military (laughs) no one has ever put on a backpack like that so who (laughs) right though like have have you ever seen anyone do that no so no. who came up yeah. with it? I don't know the point. So, and that's my thing. So as a medical professional, I'm a nurse, right? Uh, so yeah. as a medical professional, that's horrible buying mechanics.
1: <laughs> don't, yeah.
0: don't do it. If you're doing it, stop. Right. But also you're just, so you're flipping your ruck for no reason. The one, the ruck that you just packed for no reason. Yeah. Right. All your mission essential you get you're just throwing it around just, just for fun, I guess. And then, you know, for one, it makes no sense for the space. You know, if you're in a confined space, you can't don a ruck or anything like that. Yeah. Um But you're just inviting injury and it's not, it's not quicker. It's not more efficient. No. I don't, I don't understand. So how, no. how did you learn and how do you don your ruck?
1: Um, I was going to say, before I say that, I'm actually going to explain the other one because I actually thought you were going to say you did it this way, but it's, I think this is the more common way. So i oh, like, again, no one's watching. We're just talking, mm-hmm. but. Um, when you grab the bag, I think most people will loosen one side. So whatever side you are, oh, then you throw it and you throw it. So I think that's like the other people just kind of put an arm in and then try and fish their other arm in, hook it through. They'll do the old bend over at the waist, looking at the ground and then cinch up the bag. And then they're like, my bag's on. And I didn't throw it over my head. Right um i think that's the most normal way well quote unquote normal way or most common way people do it but it's also wrong again like from a body mechanic standpoint if you're slinging the bag around on one one arm you could pull your back you could get your arm stuck trying to fish it in again I, i know people who are like well i don't have kit on okay but if you have kit on you're gonna get caught like i've seen it i've seen it with a sling i've seen it with like their radio antenna all this crap they can't get their bag on um, but, yeah, doing the overhead thing, I don't know like either sorry, where that started, why people do it. It's like they do a weird squat and they hold it over their head and they shove their arms through, and then it's like loud lands on their back, whatever, so, yeah, the way I was formally toned or sorry, the way I was formally taught how to do it by a much more professional soldier than than me was we sat our bag down on its like bottom and we just loosened the straps again as much as we had to to get our arms in we sat down into the bag, put your arms into both positions. From the seated position, while you're still sitting in the bag, we would lean back and kind of rock onto the back of the bag so you could tighten the actual straps. If you chose to use a chest strap, I suggest you do. We would adjust it from that position while you're kind of rolled on your back like a turtle. And then we wouldn't roll over to our front, we'd kind of roll over to our side so that you could shoot Um, One leg out in front of you. So you're essentially in a kneeling position, which is a firing position, a super stable platform. And then from there, you could stand up into your ruck. Yeah. So it's safer because you're just sitting into the ruck. Um, You're also not throwing it over your head. And like we said, from a tactical standpoint, you're, and like, I've had this happen to me all the time. People hit me in the face with the bag because they're in front of me they hit debris and again you're in you know a layup position or a release point and now your entire patrol is making noise because you're all doing it this way it falls on your back you get injured or it gets caught or whatever but if you all sit into your bag and do it one at a time again from a tactical standpoint i can cover you while you do it like we can stop and halt and i can say seven put your bag on i'll cover you and i'm literally sitting on my bag while you sit into yours adjust it get to your kneeling position then stand up. And then you say, Kim okay, I'm covering you now. And then I do the exact same thing. And like you said, it's no slower. I will argue with anybody. It's not slower. Yeah. It's extremely safe. And we're actually covering each other the whole time. Yeah. Instead of every person throwing it over their head. No one's getting injured. You're not. Oh, Also by doing it this way, if you have any additional kit strapped to the side of your rucksack, mm-hmm. you're not losing it like a yard sale yeah. when you throw it over your yeah. body. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was shown to me very early on in my military career. Like I was a like, literally nothing E1 on a course. And this dude looked at us and said, you guys are, I know you're going to bleep it, but he's like, you guys are f***ing retarded. You're going to kill yourselves putting your rucksacks on that way. This is how professionals do it. And dude, it literally stuck in my mind as an E1. And as I worked up the ranks, every guy below me, I'm like, dude, you're not putting your ruck on that way. I'm like, that's retarded. We're not going to do it that way. This makes way more sense. Yeah. And, and even at home too, man, like again, not in the field. If I'm grabbing a bag or like or I'll use the field as an example. There's like a bench. I'll put the bag on the bench to sit into it or stand into it. I even with a day bag, I don't throw it over my head because it's just muscle memory. Yeah, I've done it so many times now of sitting into it because again, my argument with people is okay. Well, if you slack once now, you're going to do it. You're going to default to the way you've done it a million times. Yeah, which is the overhead throw or the you know over the shoulder sling or whatever.
0: Right. Well, I was going to say I've done that before with vehicles where I've you know, set up on it. sat it on the strap. vehicle, yeah. yeah, Went behind exactly. it, strapped on, yeah. and off you go.
1: Exactly, which is no different than the sit-in method, but you're doing it in a you know, light infantry capacity or whatever, a patrolling capacity, for argument's sake. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, so that's donning, I guess, and then doffing, taking it off is literally the exact kind of opposite. Um, we wouldn't sit down all the time, like I just wouldn't, but sometimes what we would do is I, I might be from a kneeling position, and I would just loosen up one strap completely, and then uh take out my other arm and lower it under control but i'm not like hitting the quick release buckles on the thing or flicking your arms off or um the best two would see guys again in the military context you're standing there and they just like hit the fast hex buckles and it falls and like the guy's six feet tall it falls on the ground makes so much noise yard sale all his stuff and then now he's got to reclip it because he's like i need it off And like you can i'm covering you like i'm literally covering you with a gun you can take one second right. and take it off properly yeah. and put it down and then you can sit your ruck, um, down. The other thing too, for do- like doffing, like taking it off or whatever, um, we would always sit our rucks whenever I put my bag down, even now out of uniform, I put it down. So my shoulder straps are facing the ground because if I don't have a ruck cover when it's raining, the part against my back is not getting soaked.
0: Yeah. Smart.
1: And that's how I got everyone to do it. Mm-hmm. doesn't matter your rank, your position. I'm like, you're all taking off your ruck that exact way. And it makes You're sense to sit on it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Right.
0: <laughs> Instead uh, you talk of talking about that. Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah. So, um, again, in like the military context or, you know, your minute manning or whatever, when you take your ruck off, we would sit on it for a long halt for a short halt. We would actually just, again, go to your, like, go to like your kneeling position, your firing position, and then you would sit down on like the same way that you would don it on the like turtle position. So you're kind of seated on your butt with your feet flat on the ground. Because the seated position is the second most stable firing position behind the prone. So I don't know why people would think I'm going to take a knee with a 100 pound ruck. Because again, this same dude that showed me how to put it on. When guys were taking a knee, man, he was walking by kicking them over and laughing. And calling them f- retards. And watching them on the and ground.
0: They, and they turtle because they have no they balance. They turtle and they
1: can't get up. And then, or like they'd get a rifle butt in the face, or their sling is all caught. And then that's whenever he straight up said, "Are you guys not familiar with the different firing positions?" And everyone's like, "Well, yeah, we know them." He's like, "Seated position is the second most stable platform. Why would you not just take a seat?" And again, light bulb came on. And then for long halts, it became SOP on this specific course I was on. To later on again in my career, where I was able to influence change a bit. I told guys, I'm like, hey, we're going to do a long halt. You're literally going to take off the rucksack the way I taught you to. And we're going to sit on it. And how we would sit on it would be the same thing. We'd sit on it with the shoulder straps because we're like just halted. Even if it's raining, it was reversed for this one. Your shoulder straps would be up. So if we had to move, I could sit into the rucksack from that position. Instead of me trying to flip it over. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And that's just, and that's just the way we did it. And again, people thought I was like being super anal with my, my ruck. OCD, but I'm like, no, dude, this actually makes sense. And it's super applicable to everything we're doing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I wanted to talk to have you talk about that because you know the U.S. Army completely forgot that sitting was a firing position. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, that was. I'm
1: pretty sure the Canadian forces forgot too until this until this bro told me in 2007, and he called us retards. And I'm like, oh, sweet, yeah, like we could sit in a rucksack. That's totally makes sense.
0: But I love how I love how you like said that he told y'all right. He's like. Hey, that's retarded. You know, this is how professionals do it. Yeah, dude. And that was the way he said it. He
1: literally said, this is how professionals do this. Yeah. And right away, it made me feel like, wow, I'm not a professional. I'm a amateur. All right. Like, this guy's calling me out. So introduce
0: a challenge (laughs) and introduce a standard, right? Yeah. So, I mean, so cool. And then I also like what you said about, um, was it short haul or long haul where you, uh, lay your ruck with the straps down?
1: Okay. So, so. We would only lay it for the straps down, sorry, if we were actually going to be, like, in a patrol base or defensive position or, or like, your patrol is actually completely stopped. But cool. for a short halt, you would sit with it in the turtle position, so it's still oh, on your back. Right. Like, yeah, you're yeah. still wearing the rucksack and you're seated back with your feet flat, so you're in a, like, seated position. And then a long halt, you would actually you know, doff the ruck or take it off like a normal human, put it down on the ground, sit on it, but the shoulder straps are up in this position because if we got bumped, you could sit into it from that position. Makes sense. Yeah. And that's how we did it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sorry, just my mind when I thought of um you know putting your ruck down for an extended time, right? Yeah. And military hunting, you know, whatever context your you know camouflage could be on the outside of the outside of the ruck. So you put it down with the camouflage facing out. It just exactly. makes more yeah. sense, right? Or if you it makes more sense, yeah. Or if you yeah. like, uh, so on scrim or you know whatever on yeah. your ruck. I mean, it just it makes more sense.
1: It makes more sense to keep it cammed. And the other way we did it too, like I said, if you were actually caching your rucks or you're in a patrol base doing army things now, um, and it's pouring rain, my shoulder straps and waist belt aren't getting soaked. Awesome. it's the top of my ruck that is. Yeah, yeah, cool. Same dude, same guy told me, and same thing. He very politely said, "You guys are f- retarded in the patrol
0: base," and we corrected the retardation of how to put on a rucksack. I love guys like that. I had a, yeah, I didn't see He was one of my favorites and he, I don't even remember why I was messing up, but he just looked at me and it just, he had, he had pain in his eyes and he said, why, why are you doing that? <laughs> and I just stopped for half seconds. Like, Oh, <laughs> cause, cause I'm an idiot. He's like, yeah, yeah, you are. And you know, you just, you need people like that. who You need people like that. Just, you know, kind yeah. of snap you out of, you know, whatever bad habits you had.
1: And I don't even understand, though, where it came from, because, like, I was already in the army for over a year by this point. Like, I got in, like, mid-06, and this was end-07. So, like, I was, yeah, I'm a f***ing new guy, but I, like, like I'm not fresh off basic, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, like, where did I learn to throw a sack over my head, like, the way you described? Like, who showed me that? Because it's wrong.
0: Exactly, Yeah. And this
1: guy corrected it immediately. And then, like I said, from there forward, I'm like, hey, Nomad's never going to do that. And when I'm an
0: NCO and I'm crusty and old, I'm going to correct the behavior. Well, and you just talking about with me, you know, with me right now, it's just like, wow, I'm ashamed. (laughs) 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 Why are you? Why are you stupid? But, you know, and that's the thing, if we can impart any amount of knowledge, because, you know, I think I was talking with you about this, you know, earlier, if you're, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're, you know, on all the Instagram pages, if you're learning about all these tasks, and if you're, you know, learning all these things, you know, you don't have the cop out of, you know, pleading ignorance, right? So, yeah, if, you know, if any point you have, you know, someone needs to step up in your community, it's going to be you, you have a duty knowing this stuff and training this stuff that you can't say, oh, I didn't know, or I'm not, you know, it's you. So, yeah, you know, especially being able to impart good knowledge, you know, good values, good, you know, SOPs, it's invaluable. So, yeah, go go for it, man.
1: And then, and then especially like outside of the uniform, because again, like we're using examples of the uniform and, and I, and like, I'm well aware that people who listen to your show and ours either were in the army are in the army, want to be in the army, whatever. Right. But even outside of the military, um, just like enforcing the best practice makes sense. And again, too on the army. I don't know why they don't take best practices from other units or other militaries to be like, we're going to do a better standard. And again, in my later unit with the smaller detachment, we did that. We we literally figured out what the best practice was, and that's our SOP. And it wasn't even my debt; it was the platoon SOP. Awesome. I'm like, that makes the most sense. So, like, why would people not listen to this and do this for their community now outside of uniform?
0: Right. Well, like what you said about the uh, the British dude with the dropping method yeah. for the ruck. I mean, makes the ruck. Yeah, perfect and sense. It and he
1: makes perfect it. sense, dude. And as soon as he told us, and this guy was like well obviously he had super you know valid experience but like by rank term for people who are only care about his rank he was an e3 and he literally looked at like the e7 and e8 and he's like you guys are retarded we're not doing that and and they're like wow he's right we're listening to him awesome and it was a thing now awesome we all did the drop-in method i'm like it became sop
0: yeah cool so uh what do you have Tips as far as maintenance for, you know, for your rucksack, I, I guess any equipment really, but, um, you know, we're talking about rucksacks today, something that I used to do, you know, and what I still do is I have a little yeah. maintenance kit that I, you know, keep in whatever, you know, whatever kit, whatever, you know, salt pack or ruck that I have, it has, uh, you know, has a sewing kit has adhesive pass or adhesive patches. It has a uh, little bit lighter for loose strands has commonly used buckles, that sort of thing. Oh, and there it is. Nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So as you're talking about yours, I'll open up mine. I carry it as well. And I even wrote on it because I'm OCD. Uh,
0: nice. Field, field repair. There. Awesome.
1: Yeah. So I have all the same stuff you mentioned, but this same dude who showed me the rucksack trick who will remain unnamed. He said, carry shoe goo in there. Okay. So you can fix any holes in your rucksack or your clothing. Cool and it's literally super tiny and you can see it doesn't yeah.
0: like it fits no space that's crazy
1: Yeah so um I carry one of these just like you do I carry it so if it's in a rucksack um I actually carry two cuz I'm like super double redundancy I have a bigger one but I carry it in the top lid of my ruck okay. so I can reach it accessible whatever Yeah and then in my assault pack it's on the outside pocket that's just kind of where I carry it um and then yeah for a good field repair kit for yeah for repairing your rock um the biggest thing is um you know preparing before you need to repair it so like i said i would check everything before an exercise after an exercise before use after use whatever the application is i check it all um replace whatever has to be replaced the biggest thing too man with again the cordura bags i burn a ton of threads anytime there's a thread i burn yep because I don't want it to rip or, you know, get worse. Again, the Shugu, if there is something ripping that I don't want to resew, I could just Shugu where the tear is. And then the Shugu hardens and it's good to go. Um, in mine, I don't have it out now because I was, I was actually... Oh, no, I do have a couple left. But I, I was actually doing field repair the other day before we did this. Not to plan it, but I was fixing my own stuff. Um, I replaced whatever crappy um, needles with, like, kind of the more curved ones. Cool. Yeah. So they're easier to sew by hand, right? I also replaced the crappiest um, thread with the thickest thread that I could put through Cordura. So it's heavier duty when I'm repairing whatever I'm repairing. I also carry a small multi-tool in there. Yeah. Because it has scissors to cut the thread and it's got needle nose pliers. And obviously I have a multi-tool in my kit, but I don't have to dig out my other multi-tool because this one has it and then I can repair my kit or whatever.
0: That's redundancy.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't weigh anything. Like the thing's like what two inches? Not even super small. Um, I also carry extra Velcro. Nice. Do you? Um, yeah, I have quite a bit actually. Do you carry Velcro in yours as well, or no? I don't. No. So I do. I don't need it for now because I'm not in uniform. But we did. If I had to have IFF markers on my rack.
0: Oh, okay, yeah.
1: So I could replace it. That makes yeah, sense. That's why I carried Velcro. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And, it was, and again, it was just the. Um, I always, I always forget the Velcro side. What is it? Like the actual side, the opposite side of what a patch would be. So like, you know what I'm talking about? There's like the hard or the soft.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. The hook or the yeah, loop. Yeah, the
1: actual thing that yeah, yeah, the hook and loop. Yeah, the whatever the, I guess it would be the loop. Because mm-hmm. yeah, the hook's on the patch, right. right? Yeah. Yeah, so I just carry the loop. I don't carry hook in okay. my kit. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, and then Shugu, and then I carry in a soap dish. That's what I'm using.
0: Okay. Cool. Yeah. What do you carry yours in? I just had a, uh, You know, from the 20 different packs I bought when I, you know, E1 to E3, I had like a little, um, it was like a little 511 or a little uh, Black Hawk, uh, like four inch by four inch, just square pouch. Okay. That didn't amount to anything. I never used it. So I ripped all the, (laughs) uh, I ripped the attachment off the back and then I ripped off the uh, molly on the front. And so it's just a tight little package, you know, has a zip all the way across and, you know, just throw in there. I know what it is because it's the only one that's like, because I'm not an idiot anymore so <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's awesome yeah i've just i carried it in a soap dish forever literally like as e e-one i carried it and then i just yeah because it's kind of overfilling i put retainer bands and then that's it
0: yeah while was and i used to carry my cards in a soap dish oh nice yeah nice yeah
1: and that's kind of what i use as like my uh you know repair kit and yeah again it's like because i can patch i can sew um i don't carry the waterproof spray though that you're talking about like i'll do that at home
0: before, yeah, that's why I do after. too yeah.
1: But I don't carry it on me. Right. Again, I don't think that's worth the
0: wait. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Or some people would argue. Um
0: I could see doing I like, don't a, have... like a bar of wax. I could see that. Yes. I wouldn't do the yes. spray make, you know, just make no. any sense at all.
1: No. Um I did used to carry, I don't anymore. And um again, it's a double redundancy thing, but I don't carry those patch repair kits that are specifically made for the cordura. I just used tape but like hundred mile an hour tape. Okay. And I would put two sides. I would just put like one side on each hole yeah. and then kind of cover it. Mm-hmm. Because again, like what you said earlier, your triple redundancy or your triple purpose of your gear, the tape I can use for other things, but that adhesive patch, you can't even use that as tape. Right. Like it doesn't work.
0: Yeah. It's not so good. I
1: just never carried it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just use tape.
0: Yeah. I have a lot of, I love du- for Fixing. Yeah. Yeah. I have a little roll of duct tape that, um, that I actually took off and re-rolled, you know, off of the off of the donut. So I have more in a tighter package. Um,
1: so we used to carry half a roll of like duct tape or 100 mile an hour tape wrapped around the bottom of one of our analogies. That's smart. Yeah, we all did that. That's smart. <laughs> so then I and, and it was it was kept in my second line because I'm always gonna have water
0: with me. Well, I've seen a lot of guys do it with their bic liars too. Those tape around yes, the Yes. So.
1: I actually have that on all my Bic lighters, and um, I carry chapstick upside down, taped to a Bic lighter. We can, again, cold weather environment, or even in the field when you're nasty. You're always going to need either. Yeah, Yeah, you're always going to need either. And you can actually use the chapstick as a fire starter if you had to. You could light it. Little trick. Really? I didn't know that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I taped them together. Same thing. I have the tape, but I carried half a roll of tape tape to the bottom of my Nalgene. Um, yeah. in my kit. So I always had tape because yeah, you'd see guys who have like a whole roll of duct tape and some, you know, NCOs are like that guy switched on. I'm like, yeah, I get carrying tape, but I'm not carrying a whole roll of it. Yeah.
0: That's super heavy. That's stupid. All right. Well, it's like what you were, i don't remember what episode it was, but you were talking about, uh, what would be the point of carrying 550 cord when you have that braided line? Oh,
1: the bank line. Yeah. The yeah. Bank line. Yeah. 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 So, the, so that's, yeah, that's what we did. And again, if this wasn't me, someone I knew at some points, like we're going to put tape on our water bottle and I'm like, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And we only did it on one. Because again, like not to like beat it at horse, and I'm sure people can figure out why you would only do it on one. But the other bottle is where my nesting cup was, and you can't put tape on the bottom of it because then it doesn't fit in the nesting cup. Right. So I put it on the one that didn't have the nesting cup. Right. Yeah, so then I knew. And and even at night, when I'd feel in my belt kit or my whatever vest I'm wearing, I knew what bottle had the tape from when I grabbed it. I could feel it. Okay. Without nods, I'm like, hey, this is where my tape is. It's on this bottle.
0: Nice. Yeah. Also, um, not for the purpose you're talking about, but being able to differentiate your, uh, your canteens would be good if you were, you know, using like chemical filtration, you having like yes. a clean versus dirty catch or whatever yes.
1: else. Yeah. And then I think we talked about this offline and like, it's not super related to Rux, but like just while we're talking about the canteen thing, we used to tape Ziploc bags to the outside of all of our Nalgene's and inside the Ziploc bag, we had all our water tabs because cool. I hated seeing guys have water tabs in like a pouch in their vest. Mm-hmm. We just taped it to the bottle. Yeah, it's smart. So then you then you can open the ziplock and get the tab out. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just what we do. Dude, did.
0: I love aqua tabs. Like just they're awesome. Price per you know, per yeah. point on the, you know, they don't weigh anything. They don't take any no. space and you know, they work. And you and you just throw it in and forget it. Yeah. You just leave it there while you're doing other things. One tab, one quart, half an hour, you're done. And yeah, that you're done. You know pretty much anything on the continent, you're good to go. If not, you're good to you go know, have a, have a filter. If you do both. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're set.
1: Yeah. We, we usually did that too. Again, depending on the environment, like uh, I did, I've done a lot of stuff in the actual mountains and we had a water filter between, again, the four of us, we carried one of the plat. It was the platypus. Cause I don't know our, our unit, issued platypus as a brand like i'm not you know saying it's better or worse it's just that's what we used but we had one of their um, gravity bag system and again there's four of us so we one guy carried the clean bag one guy carried the dirty and we marked it with tape yeah the dirty bag had a big piece of tape across the top so you could feel it at night yeah smart so we knew like that's the dirty bag yeah and then we just did that and then yeah we would filter water and then tab it if we had to but
0: good what other um not pro tips but what are Um, some things that you've seen people forget or not think about, like what would be your, um, you know, say your two or three items that, you know, you see people most forget or most neglect in either packing or, or just their equipment in general. Um,
1: personal hygiene. So again, um, it doesn't matter if the application hunting, hiking, military, whatever um, you need to keep yourself clean, like, you know, and you're not going to last. And like, I'm sure you will agree with this when I say it, brushing your teeth in the patrol base literally increases morale by 400 points. I feel so good brushing my teeth.
0: When you can take a cheaper Walmart, you know, uh, travel toothbrush tra- is what we use or just cut down yeah. a toothbrush. They, a normal a one brush. I mean, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so, so the thing that we all did again, it was like just SOP. We all taped um, the travel toothbrush upside down with a travel toothpaste tube taped together. So you could pull out the travel toothbrush and then like have it out of its carrier, put the toothpaste on, brush your teeth and then whatever. But it was taped in a package, super small. Cool. Um, Yeah, and a bar of soap too. People don't bring that in the field. People are obsessed with baby wipes and I'm not opposed to that because I do carry baby wipes as well. But a bar of soap, if you can shower or even bird bath, you know what I mean? Or like you come across a stream or something, yeah. that is way better than the amount like a hundred, you know, pounds of friggin' baby wipes.
0: Well, and they only go so far. You know, baby wipes also freeze. They they do in the freeze. Cold. They do freeze. And they they so. only go so far because <laughs> to a point you're only pushing around the bacteria or whatever else is in there, whatever else. So you have to think, so things that are naturally growing on your skin staff. Yeah. All right. Yes. And if you're pushing that into wounds or whatever else, you, you know, and and, you know, there you go. Wound care, right. You know what, what you can do so much more with a clean canteen cup and some soap than you can with, you know, a hundred, you know, packet of baby wipes. So, yeah.
1: And like, I still carry baby wipes, and and I did throw my entire military career, but I called them wipes because I only used it to wipe my I didn't use it to clean my body. I used a bar of soap. Yeah. I was that guy who would boil water because I'm going to eat anyway. So I'm like, well, I'll boil more water, and I'll wash myself. Yeah. But and yeah, I th- the morale I think huge. hygiene is a thing. Yeah, exactly. And, like, like the man, the morale of, like, cleaning yourself in a patrol base at 2 in the morning is, like, it's unreal. It's unreal. Yeah. Whereas guys just get lazy and they're like, well, I'm already carrying all this crap. I don't need a bar of soap. But like, like, well, just like we said, like my repair kit here, I literally had the same soap dish, dude, but it had soap in it. Yeah. And they were side by side in my top lid. And I had toothbrush and toothpaste. And again, I think personal hygiene is something that's very overlooked when it comes to rucking or patrolling or whatever you want to call it, you know, like the whole, everyone's obsessed with recce stuff. I'm like, yeah, even in that small team, man, we all carried our own soap dish and toothbrush and toothpaste. We all did.
0: Yeah. Just the thing we did. My thing besides, you know, hygiene, which is of course, super important, but, um, just body care, -care self-care type items. So you mentioned chapstick. So chapstick lotion, and then also, um, I don't know what it's called. Foot powder. Oh, uh, we
1: carried a lot of foot powder.
0: Yeah, I, we did. I would never leave without foot powder, but yeah, yeah foot powder. Foot powder, dude. I came this close to trench foot in Afghanistan. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> oh, mm. horrible. But um, and then I guess you can count count under lotion, but it's called um working hands. My hands in winter. Oh, and cold. yes they yes. they yeah, split I've, I've used that they split, they split they bleed, yes. and they split down to the nail like my hands yeah. are super bad for that so i have to stay on top of it because you're just inviting yeah. infection and then i can't do anything with my fingers if yeah. any pressure gets on it's like 10 out of 10 pain it's horrible so i have to stay on top of that but um those kind of items are huge and then moleskin just for your feet, you know, take oh, care of your man, feet. if you can't walk, I
1: carry so much moleskin. Yeah, I have a, an entire thing of moleskin in like. uh, Again, it was what's his name? Grand Thumb calls it the boo boo pouch, and everyone like hated on him for it. I'm like, well, no, it makes yeah. sense. It's not an IFAC. It's just like your niceties. And I like I carry a boo boo pouch in my ruck, and I have one in my belt kit as well. But um, yeah. the one in my belt kits is very small, but the one in my ruck is much larger. But um, yeah, I have a extensive foot care package, and again, it's not for me because I take care of my body and my feet. It's usually for someone else. Yeah. But I carry one. Boo
0: kits are huge, man. They're huge. Yeah, I, mean, I also
1: carry needles in the foot kit. Did you guys carry that? Uh
0: I never did. You know but I know, where, I, know I know where you're getting at. Yeah. It's smart. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. So from a medical standpoint, do you agree on it? I'm not talking about cutting the blister. We would drain it and then clean it.
0: So there's different. Yeah. I mean, there's different camps, of course, like with anything, yeah. you know, if you do, if you're clean and you're able to keep it clean, I don't see any problem with it. Yes. You know, the yeah. the problem comes if you're not clean to begin with, and if you're not able to keep it clean after it's done, yes. because then you're inviting infection. That's not good. Um, yeah. If at all possible, depending on the size of the blister, I like to keep the, you know, I like to leave it alone just because yeah. I can, if I can manage it on its own with like moleskin or, you know, whatever yeah. they're covering, if I don't have to worry about it, then I try not to, because in my experience, when the skin breaks on its own, it's already had that time to heal where yeah. as long as it needs to, and that's less of a worry for me, but you know, you've, I've seen some blisters where it covers the dude's entire, you know, the entire foot, middle of his entire foot heel. and it's like, yeah, you, exactly. you no, know, you're not going to walk around on that. So, I mean, yeah, I'll, you know, and that's the thing, right? SOPs are written in blood. Every thing that you've heard or everything that someone said up has been there for a reason. It's just yeah. filtering out you know, the good reasons and bad reasons, the good reasons. Yeah, yeah. That makes total sense. But
1: the other thing we would, the other thing we would do for the foot care, um, if we knew we were going to do a long movement, cause we carried tape, we would change out our socks, like super fresh before we do the long movement. And we would put tape across the whole bottom of our foot.
0: Interesting. Okay. So the
1: rubbing between your sock is between the tape and the sock, not your foot. Okay. I could see that. Yeah, for sure. And I've never gone a blister doing it that way. And I'm not going to do that for like 10 days or even three days, mm-hmm. but I'll do it for a super long infill. Yeah. And then take the tape off. I can,
0: see, I can see that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like I used to always, um, what was it called? Well, no, towards the end I just used Vaseline on the inside of my thighs.
1: Oh, yeah. 100% because they're rubbing all the time with your stupid combat pants. Yeah. yeah. And like you're trying to walk in, it's mad chafe. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I do it all the time. Guys would be crying behind me in front of me. I just, you know, whatever. Yeah. Off you go. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. It's definitely one of those things though. Th- yeah. Like the boo-boo kit or maintenance, um, or personal hygiene. It's yeah. Something people, again, like we said, we're talking about rucks and you can maintain your equipment all day, but if you like neglect your body, man, you're, you're not going to last. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know why it's a thing people do. And, uh, um, yeah, people, again, they try and solve it with equipment. They're like, well, I'll just ch- bring more clothing. Um, actually yeah I wanted to ask you that because I guess it's on the lines of rocks what what did you guys do like as an SOP or you now because like you've said it multiple times is you care a lot more now because you don't have something yeah you know yelling at you
0: to care mm-hmm. how like how much spare clothing or socks would you guys carry oh man so I would always bring at least one set of undergarments per day that I'd be out plus okay. extra so especially okay. socks I never messed around with socks I'd always have more than I needed But just because, like, I literally had a long movement one day through, you know, through a river, through a rice paddy, you know, out, Mm -hmm. you know, patrolled a town, went back into that rice paddy at the end of the day after my feet had dried, you know, flew back. Yeah, got soaked again. Yeah. Yeah. Got back to the barracks, took on my boots and my feet were white. Oh, man. I had the ridges going up into my foot. So, yeah, no, I don't play. I don't play with feet. (laughs) So extra socks, I'd pack two a day Uh, just as as a baseline. Yeah. As a base.
1: That does make sense, and I I totally can see that. Yeah, we carried, or not like as an SOP, but I only carried one a day. But we did. Uh, we talked about it before offline. I think you and I. I can mention again the wet and dry routine for our clothing yeah. and our rucks. Yeah, yeah. So that's how that's how we did it. And like again, that's a way to alleviate carrying excess.
0: Do you want to describe that for people?
1: Yeah. So um, again, not from me. I didn't invent this. Is uh, I've I've YouTube this to confirm the source all the british people listening it's it's you guys you guys came up with this wet and dry routine clothing system where the principle is that you only wear one set of uh like or like a uniform or your clothing attire um that's wet all day doesn't matter how many patrols you do like 14 days in a row doesn't matter you're always wearing the same wet ones and then you have a dry set that you sleep in or when you're in your patrol base and you're doing patrol base routine you're kind of wearing that one minus like security or clearance patrols like i would stay in the wet ones but if you're still if you're chilling by your actual fighting position i would switch into my dry ones again it's a hygiene thing but we did that we found that was beneficial again in a very small you know team environment because i'm carrying more team gear than personal gear i can't have the luxury of carrying a change of clothing every day even under clothing so the t-shirt as an example t-shirt or underwear so what i found worked for me even uh i'm talking like days like close to weeks at a time being like out there and only getting resupplied on water food and ammo um i found i'd only bring two full sets of t-shirts and like underwear in case i like my brains out but i only had the one as a backup i would not touch on my rock it was literally there in case something happened and the other one i was just doing the wet dry routine and if your stuff is so destroyed from the day from doing stuff that again the bar of soap thing i would wash it and let it quasi dry at night and then i'm putting it on in the morning and it's kind of wet but my body will dry it and now the garment's been cleaned so i'm carrying way less clothing than your typical guy would tell you to carry okay but again i learned that through experience because i'm like i'm not carrying three spare uniforms i'm like i'm gonna carry one and i'm literally gonna sleep in it right i'm gonna wear the trashed one all day and then I'll clean it. And the sock thing, I totally get it because like I've never had trench foot, I've never been close to it, but I understand that. But the same thing with the sock, um, the wet dry routine, how we did it, unless your socks were totally f- soaked, I would take off the wet socks during the day that I wore. And when I'd sleep at night, finally in my sleeping bag, I'd put them against my chest underneath my clothing. So my body would kind of dry them and I would sleep in clean, dry socks or no socks at all. Let my feet completely air out like baby powder. i just let them chill. And then, depending on how wet they are, I would either change socks if I had to, or put the semi-dry ones on now. And if they were really soaked, we'd hang them off our rucksack underneath our lid
0: so they could kind of dry while we patrolled. Yeah, I was gonna say that's what I do now. Is if I have AA yeah, socks that we need did drying, that. I would just I'll just hang them off my kit, let them air dry. Yeah,
1: time. and and like we just did that, man. Because honestly, like I said, I was I was a new guy too, and it was very easy to be like, I'm carrying three combats because my sergeant told me to. I'm like, yeah, but now I have to carry all this platoon. Right. And I'm carrying so much clothing or I I even remember being that dude, I had like 10 t-shirts man on a like 18 day exercise. Why did I need 10 t-shirts? Right. I could probably get by with three. Yeah. If you proper or sorry, if you practice proper like, you know, routine of wet and dry routine. And again, the Brits have been doing this forever. And I'm sure I'm not describing it as well as these guys can, but that's just how we did it. And it made the most sense because now you're carrying less clothing
0: yeah in your gear well and the hygiene thing is is huge right so not sleeping in you know wet soil clothing yeah wet
1: clothing exactly yeah and especially if you take the time to clean yourself and again all like we'll stick it to the 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 patrol base like the military context whenever you know you're going through patrol base routine and the last thing after like you know security your comms your weapons cleaning all that dog the very last thing you get is rest. I was that dude, man. I would not just go to my bag and sleep. I would like boil water, wash my face, put fresh campaign on if I had to. If they're like, you got to put campaign on. I'm like, Okay, well, I'm washing my face. I'm putting campaign on. While I'm boiling the water, I'm brushing my teeth and I'm going to eat my food. And then I'm changing into my dry clothing. And I'm sl- and yeah, I may get 40 minutes of sleep versus the two hours. But my my gear has been serviced. I'm going to like I, at this point, I'm going to overlast someone. Well, eventually.
0: And, well, and there's something to be said about, um, the quality of rest that you're receiving versus, yes. you know, if you get longer rest, that's, you know, not as broken. Yeah. Right. yeah, That's broken or isn't as, uh, fulfilling isn't as, you know, as high quality as, you know, after you've gone through that, you know, nightly routine, that routine specifically, you know, yeah. that's really important, but also, um, you know, the comfort level, right? That's huge.
1: Yeah. And, and again, it was something I learned very early on and I'm like, okay, I think the, I think just speaking from like the hygiene perspective in regards to rucking or patrolling, I'm like, it's something that's overlooked because people just want to sleep. Mm-hmm. They're lazy. They're like, I need sleep. Yeah. But again, I'm like, anyone who's patrolled for longer than three days and done like weeks at a time with only can resupply, you know, beans bullets and you know water yeah. like you probably i'm not going to ask the rear echelon for a spare combat top i don't need it if i can like keep my shit clean yeah it's just yeah something that i learned over time and then again i can keep my base weight i guess we didn't even mention that so base weight for a ruck in the rucking world is minus water or food so it's just like your bare minimum you're not including water or food okay i can keep a base weight man of a ruck of sub 30 pounds like easily goodness because I carry way less clothing specifically I'm like, I'll carry less. Right. Because I know I'm like, I have good routine or I'll carry one item that can do three things. Like what you said. Right. Right. For even clothing related.
0: Well, and keeping that weight down, right. You talked about, you know, going farther, going, you know, longer than other dudes. I mean, that's, that's invaluable being able to do that.
1: Yeah. Because like I said, if you can lighten up your load or spread the load between, like we said earlier, um, First line, second line, third line. I'm like, that makes sense. Because even for me, like, again, with the belt kit thing, I carried a full meal and socks in my belt kit, like one full meal, like either um, MRE, like when you're, or we call them IMPs because of the Canadian ration, but, or like a dehydrated meal. I'd carry one full one in my belt kit and spare socks and one small stove, you know, like whatever, because again, I'm like, okay, well, that's like an emergency because again, I'm not going to eat from the belt kit. I'm going to eat from my ruck. Right I'm just using right. that like to spread the weight, yeah, or as an emergency if you have to ditch your rocker ditch your assault pack or whatever the scenario may be,
0: yeah, for sure, so what would be your I'd say your one major takeaway for someone looking to get get set up in you know with their ruck, you know to you know to operate out to live out of you know, not for example yeah. of time but just something you know the a foundational Uh, a foundational takeaway something to get guys off on the right foot.
1: Yeah. I think it would honestly do just be the first point I said on like, what's your application? Like what are you using the rucksack for? Because like I said, so many people are pushing gear or brands i'm like but you don't need it for that application and then from there like we said you can go through like okay what size of rock is it internal is it external do i need outer pouches you know like am i carrying team stuff like like all these questions will get answered when you, your first question should be what's its intended use what what am i you know doing it for and then again anyone who again for the you know for the hard strong men outside of uniform and you have like a family to take care of or a tribe or a people you regularly hike with you probably need to carry extra stuff for them. And I'm not saying you should, but like to have the ability to, if you need so, because like you said earlier, it's your job. Like you can't look to the left or right. It's like people are looking at you. Yeah. So you should probably have extra stuff or know what to do for the people who don't have extra stuff. And like you and uh, you and six mentioned it on the last podcast, we were all together. You guys said like you guys did a hike together with a bunch of other people and no one had enough water and you had two quarts you were handing out to people. Yeah because you knew. And like right. and like these guys looked at you as default. They're like, "Oh, like Seven's going to save me." You're like, "Okay, I guess I am today. Yeah. I guess I'm giving you water." Right? Yeah, so I think like just looking at the application makes a lot of sense. And before they even decide, you know, new, used, volume, whatever.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And I would say, you know, something that I've really loved, you know, following you guys on your on your uh Instagrams is you guys take the extra time. You know, wherever you can find it to go out and you know put these skills put these uh put this training into practice right so you know stack you work shift work you know you got you know school and work going on and you guys still find time to go out for you know after work a couple days go out for a couple days and you put the stuff into practice so you know i say find the time find the time you know whatever ruck you have doesn't matter what ruck you have doesn't matter you know what your what your application is you know, go out and put hours, put miles down with that ruck because, you know, only you, only you are going to be able to find what works or what doesn't work for you, you know, mm-hmm. because we can give you all the best practices that we can have, the best out based practice that we can, but it might not work for you. It might not work for your context or you can find something that works better, you know, but you won't know until you do it.
1: Did you guys ever do bug out exercises in the army? Like you would get a phone call like one in the morning and have to be at work in like a couple hours. And then you would like, like actually quote unquote deploy on an exercise. Did you guys ever do that?
0: No, we did that when people, you know, drank and drive, but never for fun.
1: So we, we did it quote unquote for fun on a pretty annual or semi-annual basis. It was like a pretty regular thing. We would get a phone call and, um, I was going to say normal people can do that. Then like Static, I'll reference him again. He did that a couple of weeks ago because he worked shift work and everyone knows he's a cop still. He got home from shift and gave himself like a 15 minute window. He packed a bunch of random 10 items or not random, but like whatever he could think of into a rucksack. And he bugged himself out and went out for a night. And then he got up early and drove to work, showered at the department and went on shift. What a monster. So I'm like, you could do that and bug yourself out, like you said, if you find the time. And then that is the best way to test your ruck versus I've tried it on 30 times in my apartment and I'm looking at YouTube videos or I'm listening to, you know, these two guys on a podcast. I'm like, well, you could just put all your in a bag and go, yeah, go for a rock. And then not even just not even do the movement, sit out there and like, okay, I'm going to boil water. I'm going to build a shelter.
0: Yeah. Or sell inside the road.
1: Yeah. Sit on the side of the road and then, you know, layer up and hang out.
0: Try to stay on a knee for 10 minutes.
1: Yeah. Right. Exactly. Or the, or, and like this is going to sound so redundant, but like practice donning and duffing or donning and doffing the way we explained it. Yeah. It may not be cooler, sexy training. I'm like, yeah, but if you get reps in now, you'll do it when you're tired and you're hungry. Or walk for a mile
0: and then try to find something in your ruck. Yeah. Turn the lights off in your apartment or your house and try to find something in your ruck without lights. I mean, without nods. Yeah, <laughs> without knots. <laughs> without knots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: like try, try and find something in your ruck. Yeah, right? But but like, the, yeah, man, like these are all things that like don't cost you money. They cost you time. Yeah. So at the end of the day, like, is it worth it to you? Well, well, it is to me. It yeah. is to like my family in my house. I'm like, yeah, I know where everything is in my bag. I know where everything is in the bags of the people in my house. I know it better than the people who are carrying the bags. Yeah. I can tell you where their stuff is because I like took the time to go through it
0: with them. Well, the thing is, if you ever have to use it, it's gonna be worth. I know it, where then. it is. It, it's gonna yeah. be worth it then. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And then same thing, right? Full circle, going back to my experience in a small unit capacity. I'm like, we knew where everybody's was in their bag. Yeah. It's just we
0: we knew where it was. Yeah. SOPs are so important. They're huge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And like these are things that like like you said earlier, you can develop for your own group, for your own your own people. Like you know you're not following a military like group, or if you are in the military, change it. Be that man who changes the standard. Yeah. Be that guy in your platoon who's like, "Hey, I got an idea. I heard these two kind of wacky dudes talking about rucksacks. We're gonna try a few things. Yeah. Like you can, make, like you can be the change." All
0: well, right. and you know, just because something's been done for years doesn't mean that it's the best.
1: Because it's always been like that. That right. Because that was the line we said like last that. time. Yeah. It's Always been like that. Yeah. No. So yeah, dude. Yeah. If people had the time and just the effort, I think like yeah, like rucking's a good way to start in the prepared mindset. Cause like you said, you need it no matter the application, you need a bag.
0: Yeah. Well, it makes me think of our last episode, you know, you talk about field craft, you know, it is, yeah, it is it's applicable to everything. Yeah. The
1: baseline. Yeah. But people just don't want to hear it or it's, it's work. Like what we said, static went out after like, and I joked with him after when he, he texted me the next morning and I said like, dude, like the last thing any normal person wants to do after shift is go home, not shower and grab a rock and go to the bush when it's dark, but he did it.
0: Yeah. Awesome well and it just shows oh. his commitment to it yeah 100 cool. percent. well no man thanks for coming on man you know thanks again, it's always dude, a pleasure and you know had a lot of fun this time i think we got a lot of really great information in there so you want to plug your plug your podcast website everything else sure yeah so yeah
1: anyone listening um you can find us on our own podcast that first response fieldcraft podcast we're still only on Spotify and Google. I'm trying to screw around with Apple. It's a pain. Uh, hopefully, Seven's actually going to help me get it on multiple platforms in the future. That's something on my list to do. And then, yeah, um, our podcast has an Instagram, First Response Fieldcraft, and then mine's Nomadic Fieldcraft.
0: Assets, not liabilities. Not liabilities. <laughs> cool. Well, we are the hard time strong men here to train up a better class of man. Thanks for listening, and stay in the fight.